Like 40 miles of bad road, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Housebroken Medicare podcast. Preaching to the choir, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another thrill-packed episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I hope my Canadian nephew told you who I was, but in case he didn't, shame on you, Drew McMillan. I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert for today, and I am here to hopefully help you feel very confident if you have an impending meeting with Medicare coming down the pike. A lot of people are trepidatious and they're concerned about whether bad things can happen and what if they make a mistake. And and uh, it's probable that you will make a mistake unless you have a little bit of preparation. So I offer that preparation in the form of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. Now, if you go to barnesandnoble.com or if you go to amazon.com, you're going to find a shelf full of Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 books. At Amazon, particularly, we've got a wide variety of uh, options for you to choose from. We've got the Kindle ebook variety, which is inexpensive and immediately available. We've got the paperback. We've got the uh, Audible version in which I read the book to you. And we have the uh, um, elaborate, expansive, fantastic. $22 hardcover version. That version is designed to last through the millennia in case anybody in your family a hundred years from now wants to look back and see what Medicare was all about. Then uh, that, that book will be there sitting on the shelf in an honored spot, waiting for them to uh, absorb more knowledge about Medicare. So if you want to learn about Medicare, and if you want to do it in a way that's very palatable and pain-free and uh, frankly, almost entertaining, then I would suggest buying Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 at your favorite source, either amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com. And I am here with a whole bunch of exciting uh, Medicare information to share with the audience, but none of it has been curated by the content curator. I'm sitting in Wayne, Illinois, and the content curator has been busy trying to figure out where her coffee pot is in the sea of cardboard boxes that we have filling up this house. And so rather than attend uh, to her duties as content curator, she's left me to my own devices. So I call in help. In this case, my assistance is in the form of one Randy Carson. Randy Carson, will you help me, please? I will. I'll be glad to help you, but I do have. You do have. As, as we did last time. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. A very difficult question I that we're going to use for Stump the Insurance Expert. I would enjoy your question so much more if they didn't always make me look like a dope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I pulled these out particularly because you are a licensed nationwide insurance expert. I, I must give attention to every geographical area every of the United state. States. So one of the questions that is always important for you to know is, what is the stupidest law on the books for a particular state? Yes, it's important for me to know that. Which state are we going to address today? Connecticut. 
Connecticut. What is the stupidest law on the books in Connecticut to this day? Boy, that's not a very big state, so you wouldn't think they would have a lot of laws. If the state legislature operates the way I always picture them doing, the bigger the state, the more laws you have. But in Connecticut, since it's such a tiny state, how much bad stuff could go on that they have to uh, legislate against? Yeah, I'm going to say that Connecticut, probably the stupidest law in the books in Connecticut, has to do with um, has to do with um, the uh, chemicals that you put on your lawn. I'll bet there there's such a bunch of uh, uh, fanatics about the environment that they are they their stupid law is that you can't put any fertilizer on your grass to make it grow and uh, to make it green and to make it lush. And that's my guess. That lawn is, fertilizer. That is not correct, sir. <laughs> oh darn it! I always hate it when I'm wrong. There is a law on the books in Connecticut that in order to be a legal pickle in connecticut yeah it it has to be able to bounce (laughs) and if it doesn't bounce what's the legal okay it's just an illegal pickle then right it's an illegal pickle that's right well i this is hits so close to home remember i was raised in illinois before i got out to arizona on a more permanent basis in illinois when i was a kid the um there was the headquarters of the national Pickle Packers Association, and the head of the National Pickle Packers Association was a a guy named Bill. Uh, I want to say uh, what's his last name. I forget Porter. his last name. Bill Porter, <laughs> the head of the National Pickle Packers. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I forget his last name, but he was always the local newspaper had a pickle packer article every week, and it was always something to do with what this guy had planned to to rename a holiday in in pickle fashion and all this other stuff. But it was always entertaining. The guy was really quite a um, an entertaining um, PR guy for the pickle packing industry, and he um, he had a wife who I didn't realize was also kind of a wacky woman. Until, Patsy Pickle? No, 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 no. If I could remember their last name, I would tell you. But she was an interior decorator. Now, you may recall that my parents bought the house that was purchased or was built by a woman who inherited most of the money in the world when she was 13 years old in 1913. And yeah. uh, her, her family, her ancestors just happened to die in the right order. So she wound up with something on the order of $60 million in Texaco stock at the age of 13. Eventually, when she was in her 60s, she built a big house in St. Charles, and my parents wound up buying it after she died. But her house had the most hideous interior decoration. It's incredible. I talked to a plumber who tried to placate the interior decorator one time, and he said, you know what that woman wanted to do? She wanted to create a water feature where the water went up. And she wouldn't take no for an answer. Well, if you had seen the mismatched carpeting, the weird wall paper that she insisted, and the woman who built the house was like enthralled to her. Everything this woman suggested, she went with. So it was uh, just incredible. Oh, so it was the interior decorators doing, not not the woman that owned the house. No, the woman that owned the house believed that the interior decorator walked on water. And so all of this weird stuff. So 
you know, when I wound up living there, the first thing, the first thing my builder said to do is if we're going to sell this place, we got to get rid of everything and start over again. And that's what we did. Let's start with the wallpaper. (laughs) Yeah. And the wallpaper, the carpeting, it was different carpeting in different rooms. None of it matched up. And it was just incredible. The house solid as a rock, but the, the interior decorations were just, you know, from Mars, it was incredibly weird. So how many square foot was that house? I know it was three stories, right? Now that I don't own it anymore, I can say that it was about 8,000 square feet. And that was her downsized retirement home. Oh. It was bu- it was built on the ninth green of the family golf course, which was a nine-hole course. <coughs> but her husband had finally crossed the line too many times. And so she said, you know something, first of all, I'm going to kick you out and you can go live in the family mansion in uh, Naples, Florida. And then she said, I'm going to build my my retirement home, my downsized 8,000 square foot retirement home on the ninth green of your golf course so that you can never play that course again. (laughs) And that's where the house was located. Beautiful, beautiful setting, but it was, you know, fairly close right next door to where she had raised all her kids. That was probably a 12,000 square foot house. So how did she, how did she manage to squeeze everything into that small little duplex of 8,000 square feet? She didn't squeeze everything in as it turned out. Uh, The house next door where she had raised her children, when she left it, the family had a a record, an unfortunate track record of just ignoring properties that they didn't feel they needed anymore. So that house sat there pretty close to being empty, except for an occasional family member that was getting divorced would have to move in for a while, you know, that kind of thing. That house was um, ready to be torn down. And um, we were able to, we were invited to tour the house. And within the house was gobs of stuff I would given I would have given a body part for old Texaco paraphernalia metal oh, really? signs all this oh, Texaco my stuff God from because it was the Texas company in 2000 oh, excuse me 1901 when their first well spindle top came in uh near Richardson Texas down near Houston and uh the company grew and grew and at the time that uh they reached their peak they were the uh they had gas stations in all 50 states and no other oil company ever did that cool. and they they lost a uh, uh a um, lawsuit to pennzoil but this house was just chock full of texaco stuff and i would love to have had all that but they said Mm-mm, don't touch we're taking all that out of here don't touch the texaco stuff Yep. So when she moved to the downsized 8,000 square foot retirement home, she did not take all of her possessions because all that Texaco paraphernalia went somewhere. I don't know where it is. I was going to say, where did it go? Do you know? No idea. No idea. Not with you, huh? Mm-hmm. Doggone. Well, you know something? We have. Yeah. Uh, we need to move on into the incredible, exciting High world of Medicare. <laughs> world of Medicare. Well, here's here's what I want to do. Since the uh the the content curator has not been that helpful in the uh area of Medicare lately, let me read the headlines here. Why don't you tell me if you like one more than the others? Medicare enrollees can switch coverage now. Here's what's new and what to consider. So that's about our current uh AEP annual election period. Here's another headline. There is too much Medicare marketing. Here's another one. What to do when Medicare stops paying for skilled nursing care? Aren't these exciting sounding articles? How do you apply for Medicare? 
the most common Medicare mistakes and how to avoid them. I want that one. Really? All right. The most common Medicare mistakes. I know uh, one of them, but uh, there's probably many more that I could have had, and you will be glad to illuminate them onto the podcast. Well, I'm going to leave it up to the article, so I'm going to read that article. I will not read. Prescription drug insurance carriers are counting on you to be passive during this annual election period. I won't read that one. I won't read the one that says how to write an appeal letter to your health insurance provider when he turns you down for something. So So is that one of those letters you don't want to start out with, listen, sucker? Remember when we had my friend Roy as a guest? (laughs) (laughs) Roy Roy filed his appeal three or four years ago, and it's still under Still still being appealed, huh? Yeah. So this is not exactly the most fun you're ever going to have to file an insurance appeal. On the other hand, he's got about 12 grand writing on it. So he wants it to, uh, he's, he's not going to do anything to uh, jeopardize his success. Like listen, sucker. <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to be rude. Dear listen, sucker. Okay. All right. So here is an article about the most common Medicare mistakes and how to avoid them. Medicare mistakes can cost you money and coverage. Here we break down the most common Medicare mistakes and how to avoid them. This is written by two people. One of them is an RDN, LD. I don't know what that is. The other one is a PhD, a FUD. So although it's easy to push our healthcare needs to the bottom of our packed to-do lists, it's never a good idea, especially when making a mistake could cost you a lot of money, such as during Medicare enrollment. Sidestepping a few common problems will ensure that you get the health coverage you need without paying too much. And there's a list of the nine most common Medicare mistakes that people make. Number one is not signing up on time. The initial enrollment period for Medicare begins three months before the month you turn 65 and lasts until three months after that birth month. If you fail to enroll during the initial enrollment period, you'll get another chance during the general enrollment period running from January through March. However, your monthly premiums will cost more in penalty fees for the entire time you remain on Medicare, which is going to be life. So you'll have a lifetime late enrollment penalty. So sign up. The lesson there is sign up right around your birthday, probably before your your 65th birthday would be the ideal. If you are eligible for Medicare, then you may not have to do that if you work and have a company-provided health insurance plan, you don't have to sign up when you're 65. You can wait until you decide to retire from your employer. Okay, number two, uh, next mistake is not enrolling in a separate Part D prescription drug plan if you're enrolled in Medicare. <clears throat> you should make sure that you sign up for a Part D prescription drug plan uh, or that you have creditable coverage, like the coverage from your job, your company and health insurance plan, that would uh, certainly take the place of a Part D prescription drug plan. And it says here, sign up even if you don't take any drugs. I tell people this all the time. If you fail to enroll in a Part D plan and do not have other drug coverage, and your, uh, your period lasts more than 62 days without drug coverage, then you will begin to earn a late enrollment penalty in the form of higher premiums the entire time that you remain on Medicare. So if you decide later on to get a Part D drug plan, it's going to cost you a lot more because you didn't sign up when you were first eligible. 
Another good reason to sign up as soon as possible, in most states, a new Medicare members have a guaranteed period of coverage um, by a Medigap policy or Medicare supplement during select periods of time. One of which, one of which is um, my phone is uh, ringing, and uh, although it's not being recorded because of Randy's fantastic filters, it's throwing my brain into a tizzy. So a Medigap policy, let's see, uh, during select periods of time, one of which is the initial enrollment period. So they're saying, uh, they're reminding you again, be sure to enroll in Medicare at the right time to avoid late enrollment penalties and to make sure that you don't have your health history uh, held against you and have your coverage refused. Here's another mistake people make, not signing up during a special enrollment period. Once you're 65, if you retire or lose the coverage that you have through your spouse or through your employer, you can sign up for Medicare without penalty during a special enrollment period that's created by the fact of losing that coverage. However, you can only use the special enrollment period while you're covered by you or your spouse's insurance and eight months after losing that coverage. A special enrollment period is also triggered if you move to a new address, not within your current plan service area. Now, that's only true if you have uh, a uh, Medicare Advantage plan or Medicrap, as Randy calls it. Moving outside your plan service area doesn't work for a Medicare supplement. Medicare supplement plans work anywhere in the United States. You can move around all you want to, and your existing Medicare supplement plan will move with you and stay with you. But if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, there is a geographical area almost always that uh, you can move out of and have your coverage taken away. You'll have to apply for new coverage in your new home. That could be your best opportunity to get a Medicare supplement plan. So another mistake people make, not understanding how Medicare coordinates with your current coverage. If, even if you're still working when you turn 65, it's essential to determine how your current health insurance and Medicare will coordinate. If you're over 65 and work at a business that employs more than 20 people, or if you're eligible for Medicare because of a disability, and work for a company that employs more than 100 people, your private health insurance will be your primary coverage. If your workplace employs less than this number of employees, Medicare will be your primary insurer, and your work insurance is considered secondary. Not knowing whether your employer's coverage is primary or secondary can cost you a lot of money. Casey Schwartz, senior counsel for education and federal policy uh, at a, a Medicare rights organization explains that getting it wrong might mean that your insurance that is secondary to Medicare will say, we wait for Medicare to pay on the claim. And if Medicare doesn't pay on the claim, we don't pay on the claim. That's what it means to be secondary. So you functionally have no insurance. On the other hand, the insurer might say, well, we pay secondary to Medicare, so we're going to pay the amount that would be responsible for after Medicare play, paid. As Schwartz explains, instead of having coverage where your insurance pays 80% and you pay 20%, you're looking at insurance where you pay 80% and your insurance pays 20%, and it could even be more than 80% because that 20% is based on the Medicare negotiated rate. So if you don't have Medicare, the prime, uh, the provider, the doctor, is not held to that Medicare negotiated rate. He can charge you anything he wants to, and you've got to pay 
80% of that inflated figure. Another mistake, not educating yourself on the difference between original Medicare and Medicare Advantage. So, while more providers are likely to accept original Medicare, your out-of-pocket costs may be higher depending on your health care needs. Because there's no limit on out-of-pocket expenses with original Medicare, many people enroll in a separate Medicare supplement policy or Medigap. That's what I sell. Doug Jones here. I sell Medicare supplement to people who have enrolled in Medicare. Um, they cover the Medicare supplement policies cover the medical costs that original Medicare does not cover. And because original Medicare does not cover prescription costs, you'll also need to sign up for a standalone Part D prescription drug plan. You will pay a penalty if you don't have drug coverage Medicare, and if you decide to roll in enroll in Part D later on, you'll. That's when you start paying that penalty, and that goes on for the rest of your life. You'll still need to pay a Part B premium to cover doctor and other health care provider services. Those zero premium advertisements for Medicare Advantage plans are misleading. Let me read that again. Those $0 premium advertisements for Medicare Advantage plans are misleading. You still have to pay the premium for Part B of Medicare, even if you have a Medicare Advantage plan. On the other hand, hand, Medicare Advantage plans are sold through private insurance companies as an alternative to original Medicare. Medicare Advantage plans include prescription medication often, not always, but often, and usually provide benefits not covered by original Medicare, such as dental and vision. And that dental and vision coverage may be satisfactory. It may be inferior. So that's one thing to check out if you're thinking about getting a Medicare Advantage plan. In most states, you'll have a one-year trial period for Medicare Advantage where if you find it not to be your to your liking and you disenroll in the first year, you still have a guaranteed issue right to get a Medicare supplement plan. After that one year, however, insurers do not have to grant you a Medigap policy if you decide to switch from Medicare Advantage back to original Medicare, and then apply for a Medicare supplement. You're going to have to fill out a health questionnaire. Unlike original Medicare, Medicare Advantage plans do have an out-of-pocket maximum. On the other hand, Medicare Advantage plans have a much more limited network of providers and may require you to get a referral from your primary care physician to see a specialist. The out-of-network maximums for Medicare Advantage plans can also be quite high and do not include costs for prescription drugs or services not covered by original Medicare. Depending on how much health care you need, your costs could be lower with original Medicare plus a Medicare supplement policy. Individuals considering Medicare Advantage plans should ask, what are the utilization rules for things like MRIs and CAT scans, outpatient surgery? Those are the biggies. Um, A Medicare educator says, that utilization rules are, here. here's the quote, does it need to go through special permission before the health plan will pay for it? That is a bone of contention in a lot of plans. If you have to get special permission, it's possible that the plan always says no to, the, to paying for the uh, treatment or the test that you need. And it's important to find that out ahead of time. So uh, Joel Meckler, a health benefits professional, and writer of a weekly news column, says, 
if an individual is very healthy and they don't see a doctor that much, they might want to think about a Medicare Advantage plan. But if somebody sees a doctor quite frequently, yeah, Randy's uh, <laughs> Randy doesn't like that. He's he's uh, he's saying I don't like that advice at all. But uh, you know, how long can you predict that your health will not go downhill? So this guy is saying, if you are healthy now and if you're always going to be healthy, then you're fine with a Medicare Advantage plan. But who can predict. Um, so they might want to think about um, uh, Medicare Advantage in that rare circumstance. But if somebody sees a doctor quite frequently and they have a chronic condition, they might want to pair original Medicare with a Medicare supplement plan. However, as many of us know all too well, your health can change very rapidly. It's best to take your potential future health care needs into account when choosing the best Medicare plan for you. After all, we all have different levels of risk tolerance. Uh, here's another error that people make, not checking the insurer's formulary. The formulary is a list of all the medications that a plan covers, whether you opt to enroll in Medicare and a Part D prescription plan or a Medicare Advantage plan that includes drug coverage. Ask to see the current formulary before signing on the dotted line. Because if you take prescription drugs and your plan doesn't cover them, you're going to be paying through the nose when you go to the drugstore to refill a prescription. So although plans can and do change their forms, even in the plan year, that's one of the bad things about these Medicare, uh, these uh, prescription drug plans and the Medicare Advantage plans, they can just change their important components anytime they feel like it. Um, after all, if you get a prescription filled that's not on the formulary, you'll either need to pay out of pocket or ask for an exception or file an appeal. Another error people make is signing up for automatic renewal. The convenience of automatic renewal can come at a steep price in the case of health coverage. Your Medicare Part D Advantage plan will automatically renew every year on January 1st. However, plans can change their benefits and formularies might even change the total you pay in premiums, deductibles, co-payments, and co-insurance from one year to the next. It's critically important that you take the time out to review your plan's annual notice of change, ANOC, ANOC, to ensure that the new the plan for the following year will still meet your needs. And frankly, I've never heard of automatic renewal. To the best of my knowledge, everything renews automatically unless you enroll in a different plan. Like if you have one drug plan, and like I advise you to do, you read your ANOC that comes in the mail. And the ANOC says, well, the premium for this plan is going to go sky high next year. And then you call me and I enroll you in a drug plan that's going to have a lower premium the following year. That enrollment in the new plan automatically removes you from the plan that you had. So you don't need to worry about disenrolling yourself from the plan that you had if you enroll in a new plan. And then here's another error that people make, not reading the small print on Medicare Advantage plans. Oh, God, I could go on and on about that. I'd like to think of those extra services as perks or frosting on the cake. Uh, hmm, I might have accidentally missed a sentence here. Ooh, yes, not reading the small print on Medicare Advantage plans. Although advertisements might make it seem like you're going to get a free gym membership, bathroom safety devices, and home meal delivery. Following surgery, there are often a lot of strings attached to those perks. In fact, some plans make you pick one of the many extra benefits offered, or they require you to pay an extra premium or a large share of the cost for the benefit. 
Those are the some of the pitfalls of Medicare Advantage plans. I like to think of those extra services as perks or frosting on the cake, and they're definitely attractive, this, uh, this John Hopkins says. Um, but for instance, for dental care, it's probably a very limited network of dental providers. It's probably a percentage of coverage, and sometimes those in-network providers for dentists come and they go. Over-the-counter items might be limited to a certain list and certain sizes. You have to understand exactly how you're going to get your gym membership. Is it any gym? Is it specific gyms? Is it a discount? She recommends that potential members ask how they get the add-on benefits and get a clear picture of what they look like. Uh, This person adds, what I would caution those individuals is that perhaps they might offer a grocery benefit or a gym membership, but their dental may not be up to snuff. In other words, they might have a cap on the total dental benefits, and it might be a pretty low cap, maybe $1,000 or $1,500. Plus, he notes, the plans can change. So perhaps there might be a gym membership one year, and the next year they might not offer it, but they might offer something else. And I saw that with... Uh, Humana, they offered a gym membership, Silver Sneakers, with their Medicare supplement plans, and then they stopped doing it for a few years, and then they started doing it again. So they're in, they're out, they're in. You can't really uh, be sure that they're always going to have that benefit that you signed up to buy the plan for. Final message, the final mistake that people make, falling prey to flashy advertisements. Regarding those commercials that most of us have seen, often featuring famous personalities selling Medicare Advantage plans, be wary. Unless a public service announcement comes on saying this is Medicare.gov, prospective members should really be careful about calling because a lot of people get sucked down the rabbit hole into changing their plans. They are not representing the government in Medicare. They say we're contracted by Medicare. That doesn't mean they are Medicare. Medicare cannot do what they do in those TV ads. They cannot promote products and say, call us and get more money. By avoiding those potential and all too common mistakes, you'll be better prepared to choose the best healthcare options for you when it's time to sign up. And in case I didn't make it clear, for almost all people, your best option is to get regular Medicare and then purchase a Medicare supplement plan. And uh, you can talk to me about the one I recommend. You don't have to buy it from me, but I think you probably will once I um, lay out the reasoning because it'll make so much sense and it'll save you so much money that you will be exceedingly pleased with the results. And I'm exceedingly pleased to have been finished with that article. Randy looks like he's having trouble holding his eyelids open, but that's what happens every time I say the word Medicare to him. I'm back. Good for you. I'm glad you managed to stay awake. I did. But of course, as I've always told you, I learn something new every day when we are uh, you know, recording these podcasts. But the one thing, does Joe Namus still come out to your house and take you to lunch? Well, he promises to do that. I've never actually signed up for his plan, so he's never come to my house. Doggone it. I've, I've been waiting for Joe for a lot of years, and he just keeps saying he's coming, but he's never been here. I asked somebody what happened because uh, Joe promises to give you a ride to the doctor when you need it. And uh, somebody said that he showed up at their house with a prison bus to revive, really? you know, 
a remodeled prison bus to take all the people in the neighborhood <laughs> to their doctor's appointments. And I thought, well, you know, that's not really a benefit in my eyes. Well, I just thought I would point out that there's a reason. There's an absolute true reason that I started calling Medicare Advantage plans scam vantage. Yeah, you've got a couple of other good names too. Medicare disadvantage. Yep, yep, and Medi Medicrap. There you go. There you go. So anyway, I just thought you, I haven't trotted those out for a couple episodes. I want those to be fresh in people's mind. The warning here is be very careful. And I go further. I say stay away from Medicrap, Medic Scam Vantage. Uh, Medicare Advantage plans are not advantageous at all. No, no. Well, you know, the crickets have chirped. Ah, those poor things. We're working them to death today. We are. We are. Long distance, too. So I I need to roll up the carpet. I need to bring the plane into the airport. I think we're going to come in on runway 37. Is that left or right? Uh, Left. 37 left. So we're going to bring it in. And the reason that we need to uh, roll up shop is that we have spent our 75 cents. A sad state of affairs. I know. I know. But before I go, there's always a few things I like to bring to your attention if I haven't before. And that is... If you want to reach out to Doug, he's always available to you using this email address, dbj at mlmmailbag.com. That's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. He looks every morning in his inbox, and if it's empty, he's not happy. He turns into a grumpy Doug, okay? (laughs) That's not good. It's not good. And otherwise, I would like to remind you that Doug is a nationwide licensed agent to help you with your Medicare supplement planning, otherwise known the old name as Medigap. We have also got lots of good stuff for you on the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate it if you could find a place to give us a review on the podcast and the books. It's all about the numbers ratings in our world. So if you could do that, that would be ever so cool. Last but not least, we would like to thank you for joining us. You could have been a hundred different places and you weren't. You were with us choosing to spend a few valuable moments with the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And if you weren't tracking on your watch just exactly how long we've been here, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma living full-time up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. However, he is in the flatlands of Illinois now, so he doesn't need he doesn't need binoculars. He doesn't need an oxygen tent. He doesn't need anything. All he needs to do is watch out for those corn leaves because when you're running through the fields of corn, they will cut you. They slice you right up. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We enjoyed having you with us today, and we hope you come back and join us again next time. Bye-bye.